Hi everybody, this is Michael Hildebrand and I'm your host on the Sleep Trust Podcast, where I'm talking about how to gain back trust in your ability to have a superb sleep again. In this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast, we are going to talk about sleep paralysis. And for those of you who are not familiar with this phenomena, if sleep paralysis occurs when you fall asleep or before you get up, and it's uh, when you're between the awakening and the sleep state, so you're getting aware of being awake, but you cannot move your body, and you can also suffer under hallucinations, which, which can be really frightening. So what we'll do today is not only to get a better understanding about the phenomena, but you will also reduce your anxiety levels just by listening to this podcast and you'll also get a couple of tips. Um, it is proven that knowing what sleep paralysis is, where it comes from, how it occurs in our bodies, reduces the anxiety and stress levels when it occurs. And the tips will also further help you to reduce um, how often the phenomena might hit you in future. So uh, stick with me here and uh, let's dive into the topic right now. So usually the biggest problems that you face if sleep paralysis hits you is that you're in a state of getting awake or falling asleep, but you cannot move your body. And this can be really frightening if you start to hallucinate. Uh, many people uh, face the feeling of having a pressure on their chest or even having something like a demon sitting on their chest, making it harder for them to breathe. And that can really ramp up uh, scarcity, fright, anxiety, and make it even worse, uh, of course. Doing the research to this podcast, I remembered one situation when I had sleep paralysis too. Uh, I must have been 10, was allowed to sleep at my grandmother's place uh, and um, sleep at my grandmother's meant to sleep in the living room. Uh, unlike it was at home, here I was allowed to watch TV till late hours and I did so. And at some point in the morning, I remember that I woke up, it was still dark, and I couldn't move my body. But what I could see standing in the midst of the living room of my grandma was a cowboy who had his revolver uh, pulled and was trigger friendly. And this was so vivid and freaked me so out as a kid. I really uh, remembered that dream a long, long time, very vividly. Uh, and um, at that time, nobody could tell me that there was a sleep phenomena called sleep paralysis or anything. Um, my mom just said it was a bad dream or something, but I knew it wasn't a dream. It was kind of in between. And uh, that was really scary for me at that time. And with that experience, I perfectly fit into the facts part of this podcast. Because most people experience sleep paralysis once or twice in their uh, life, and there are also people that experience it on a regular basis. So it typically occurs when we fall asleep in a state called the hypnagogic or when we wake up in the hypnopompic stage. These are stages that are related to the REM dream state and in which we dream. So um, that kind of explains the hallucination part that occurs quite often. And it makes many people feel very anxious when they experience this. The good news is that sleep paralysis is not dangerous and that it will only occur for a couple of seconds up to a few minutes. So it's a short experience too. Beside these facts, 
what can we, what can you do to handle sleep paralysis better? And basically there are two things or two paths that we could go and walk. Um, number one would be to uh, reduce the amount of times that sleep paralysis shows up. That would be the first. And the second would be to just handle it better when it shows up. So let's have a look at the first. How can we reduce it showing up? This is a hard one. Um, you will find a lot of different information out there. But to bring it to the point, first off, sleep paralysis seems to be something that uh, you uh, that runs in the family, basically. So maybe it's just part of your genes and part of how your body works. But it has also been proven that if you um, have a sleep position that is unlike lying on your back, so maybe lying on your side, and if you get into regular sleep schedule, that can be helpful when it comes to reducing the amount of times that sleep paralysis will show up. Um, the second path, handling, coping with it, seems to be much more powerful to me. And this would be to uh, understand that sleep paralysis is nothing dangerous, understanding that it is a natural phenomena, that it's to do with your dream state, that you're kind of in between dreaming and being awake, and that it has nothing mystical or anything about it. So there are no demons involved, nothing else, nothing um, uh, scary. It's just a state that you're in and that you are kind of delivered because it can't move. And the best way is to actually understand this and to really let this information sink in and to accept it when it shows up. So the next time when it shows up, you just try to calm down, relax, breathe. On an unconscious level, know that it's just going to disappear in a couple of seconds or in a few minutes and everything's going to be okay. So the last thing I want to do here is to be brave and throw out something that has no scientific proof yet. Um, but I am quite sure that we will see the scientific proof in uh, a couple of years coming. Um, there has been a study on lucid dreaming and sleep paralysis. For those of you who are not familiar with lucid dreaming, this is basically a technique where you learn how to consciously be aware that you're dreaming. So during your dreams, you kind of recognize that you're dreaming and are able to control your dreams to a certain degree. Basically, this is a very uh, positive approach and intention to dreaming. And it has many similarities to sleep paralysis, which is often negatively hooked. But I think the similarities are so big that if you would train lucid dreaming, that it would uh, kind of increase your likelihood of being aware that you're in a sleep paralysis state. Maybe it would even feel like a lucid dream. Uh, and that way you would be consciously able to control that you calm down and relax. Um, as said, there's no scientific proof for this. So if you are facing sleep paralysis and are maybe a lucid dreamer too, uh, I would love to hear from you. Give me your feedback if this helps you, if you um, have any experiences with that. And I would be so happy if you could share this in the Sleep Trust community, doing this on Facebook and or Instagram, where you will both uh, find uh, me and us uh, if you search for at Sleep Trust. With that, let's wrap up this week's episode of the Sleep Trust podcast together. Sleep paralysis is a phenomena that most of us will issue at least once in their lives. 
and for some of us it is a phenomenon that will come on a regular basis. The biggest problem that come with sleep paralysis are high anxiety levels because we're not able to move and may face uh, serious hallucinations. The good news is that it will only last for a couple of seconds to a few minutes and that it is not dangerous at all. If you want to be really brave then start to train lucid dreaming and please share your experiences with me because I believe I've got a gut feeling that this could help many people out there to handle their sleep paralysis. And that's it for this week's episode of the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you enjoyed yourself and that you tune in next week when we are going to talk about how pets can help you to get a higher quality sleep. Until then, have a superb sleep. Hey there, and thanks for listening to the Sleep Trust Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed this episode. If you want to get further information on this podcast, or material that will help you to gain back your sleep trust, please check out sleeptrust.eu, that's sleeptrust.eu, where you will get lots of information around sleep. And here comes some legal stuff. Everything on this podcast is my opinion only, so do not take it as an advice, as I am not a doctor, nor have I considered your personal situation. If you feel that you need medical advice, please consider getting an appointment at your doctor of trust. If you want to give me any kind of feedback on this podcast, feel free to email me at podcast at sleeptrust.eu. I hope you tune in again next week and until then, have a good sleep.